It's time for another episode of the Cultural Hall. It's episode number 325. It's Articles of News. Uh, today is the 3rd of June. Thank you for listening to the Cultural Hall. Uh, so excited to tell you about a brand new sponsor of the Cultural Hall. But first, let me introduce uh, who will be here with me. It's uh, it's Robin the Red. Hello, young lady. Hello. I'm back, people. Uh, Robin, if you don't know, or if you do, I'm still going to tell you just the same, is the one who takes care of the uh, daily post on Facebook. If people wanted to send you uh, things that they think would be great ideas for the uh, Facebook post, what, send it to the Cultural Hall Facebook page in the messages? Is that the best place? Um, yeah, that would probably be the best way because then I could um, get that, get it from them. Or they can also mention the Cultural Hall. I've had a few people do that. They will mention the culture hall on something, and I'll go snag it and and give them a shout out. Cool, cool. So you can just at the cultural hall on whatever social media it is, and then she can maybe post it that way, or just message us. Simple by sending the message on the Facebook page. So let's let's take a quick second and talk about this awesome new uh, sponsor of the cultural hall. Have you ever heard of Hay Grill Hay, Robin? The what? The the uh, the folks Hay Grill Hay. We had them on the uh, Cultural Hall a long time ago, back in the 100 episodes. But they are yeah, the name sounded familiar. They are a husband wife team. Uh, they do like uh, barbecue rubs and they do barbecue sauces. They do all sorts of like recipes and helps for the grill and the and the catch obviously be like it's a play on words of the Hay Girl Hay and the Hay Grill Hay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I do remember that. So uh, they've said, hey, you know what? We love the Cultural Hall and we want to reward people who listen to it. So if you go to patio-provisions.com, that's like the uh, like the parent company, right? That's where they sell all their yeah. stuff. They're doing a big Father's Day special. So if you're looking for that special way to show your dad something really special, they have the ultimate package right now. The Father's Day package is $69.99 and includes the following. A six-pack of Susie. That's the grill or girl of Hey Grill Hey. Uh, it's mm-hmm. six-pack of Susie's best rubs and sauces. That's three rubs, chicken, beef and sweet rub and three sauces a whiskey peach barbecue sauce don't worry your bishop will think it's just fine and everything sauce and the apple jalapeno barbecue sauce Uh, plus they are uh, packaged in an awesome logoed wooden box that is awesome it looks super cool. I'll share a picture with this on our, our uh, Facebook page or our Instagram today so people can get more information about it. Uh, you can get free ebook downloads of all of Susie Recipes books and all that stuff. Find more information at patio-provisions.com. And when you use the promo code BACKROW, one word, B-A-C-K-R-O-W, you get 10% off. Hey, you might want to post that on the Facebook for me because my dad just posted that he got a new smoker for Father's Day. So he might be needing a few things. He already got his grill for Father's Day? It's not Father's Day yet. Yeah, he got a new grill. Okay, all right. So he got it a little early, I guess, huh? Yeah. Well, he's spoiled. Good for him. Good for him. Now you got to spoil him, too. Uh, patio-provisions.com. Thanks to those guys. Uh, so, Robin, you are you uh, used to live here in the Utah, and then God told you to move to Georgia. What's new? Well, I'm learning a lot of new things out here. Like what? Uh, like what, Robin? Like- like my yacht, my y'all is getting better. Okay. And saying miss to everyone, miss so and so. So, like, how does that work? Would I, I say you're Miss Robin? Is that what I would say? 
Yes, and okay. Mr. Mr. So-and-so. So you'd be Mr. Richie. Okay, I like this so far. Um, yeah, I saw, well, I, I've gotten real Southern barbecue. If you ever come down and visit me in Georgia, if you go to McDonough, you have to try Holy Smokes Barbecue. Okay. It is the best. Is it so good that when you leave you say, Holy smokes, that was good. Yes, okay, of perfect. course. <laughs> and they're very, they're very Christian people and just amazing and super friendly. Awesome. Um, I've also seen fireflies for the first time. Yeah, aren't they one. cool? Yeah, it was so cool. I've seen an armadillo that's alive, was alive. I've seen a lot of dead ones and buzzards yeah, and but, things like that. A lot of dead animals. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of buzzards around the dead animals too. I remember seeing the yeah. first dead armadillo and then seeing the first live one. They're completely different. Exactly. Uh, luckily, it was crossing the road in front of me, but it wasn't. It was far enough away I could not hit it because uh-huh. I didn't want to kill the poor thing. Sure. Um, was there a punchline to why the armadillo crossed the road? I don't know. Okay. Get to the other side. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a chicken. I'm not sure. We'll re- we'll yeah. rework that joke. <laughs> what else? Sounds good. We'll have to think of another one. Um, I've been to the the um, Atlanta Temple, and it- that's really beautiful. How how is there. the how's the church down in Atlanta? The church is like where I am. We're a very small ward. It is a ward, uh, though, not a branch. It is a ward, um, but like other ward, there's a lot of big wards too. Interestingly enough, well, there, I have to be honest. I've had some culture shock. It's it's not in a bad way. It's just kind of like more observing and being like, oh, this what it, this is what it feels to be the minority. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and everything. I'm just like, wow, I've never known what this is like. Huh. Has, so it does, just kind of does it give you a little more empathy a little more empathy for those who uh, would oh, otherwise yeah. be uh, minor- minorities like here in Utah those would yes. be anything but white Mormon yes. people? Yes. And but I've also like I was also grateful that I was a good person to them. Yeah. <laughs> as far as as far as I could be. Um but like I mean and it's also just understanding that like just seeing different different people in different situations and Mm -hmm. it's just it's it's good it's good i've i've enjoyed it and gotten used to that but um and i'm also considering putting my hair in braids putting your hair in braids is that is that cultural or just easier in the summer Mm -hmm. we haven't yet gotten that and so i hear that it helps with the heat okay so i don't know if i'll do it because it's expensive have, so. you, have you found a garment hack? I know you haven't been there for the summer, but I'm told also in those southern states that garments can be pretty miserable come the really big heat of the summer. Um, yeah, I did get some of the stretchy cotton ones that all, yeah, all the fellas finally get. Yeah. Woo! Um, I know, you, you caught up! Yeah. Um, so I, I got a few of those, and that did help a little bit. Luckily, I can wear shorts. Right. For my job. Um, oh, I got to drive a Tesla this week. A Tesla? My job is about, yes. How was that? Yesterday. Um, they are interesting. Like, they don't have a lot of the things that normal cars do. So you have to, like, know how to, like, they have to tell you how to use it. Hmm. Like, train you. Um, a little bit. Like, you have to double, like, they have certain spots on it where you have to double click to open certain doors. Okay. And to open the driver's door because there's not a handle. Oh, okay. I think you can press on it or something. There is a, a, a bar that looks like a handle, but you have to double click the lock button to have it open, the door okay. to open. Okay. All right. And there's no like push button to start it, it's just on. 
And okay. when you want to shut it off, you push once on the, the lock button. And then twice and on the pipe if the answer is no, correct? Exactly. Right. Exactly. right. That's cool. But it was it was kind of fun. It was um, the, it's called a Model X. Model so it's X. more SUV, the SUV one. Okay. All right. So uh, I've always wanted to drive one of those, so it's kind of exciting. Have you figured out why God led you to Atlanta yet? Yes, actually. Um, it's not a happy tale, and I won't go into the details because okay. it's not my story to tell. Okay. But, um, and I've always known this was part of the reason why I felt like I needed to be here. But um, the Lord confirmed in a blessing on Sunday that the reason he put me here was for my friend and her daughter. Oh. oh. And the situation that they're going through, and that I still need to be there right now for them. Well, that's awesome. Awesome that you uh, heeded yeah. the call and awesome that they have you there for them. Well, yeah, it would have been hor- like, yeah, I'm grateful that I was here because I don't know what I would have done if I would have not come and then found out other things yeah. that have happened. So yeah. I'm grateful that, that I did. Just goes to show that, yeah. you know, sometimes in the in the middle of things we don't know, you know, what, what exactly God wants of us, but then we find our way on the other side and go, oh, and yeah. I always like that when God gives us that little hint where it's like, that's why you had to do that. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah. of course. Of well, course I, think, I think there was multi-levels, but it also came down to people's choices. Sure. And God knew the choices that people would actually make, and we were hoping for a different outcome. Sure. But he knew that this would be the outcome, and so this is why, you know, there's multiple levels. Sure. And well, and I think, you know, on a very base level, the opportunity for you to be able to serve in a smaller congregation, to be able to learn, yeah. you know, what it's like to be, uh, you know, on the on the minority side of things, like all sorts of lessons. Yeah. But then, sure, the big well, overarching. And I think there's still more for me and my friend. You know, both of us, our journey here isn't done in Georgia. We're both planning on staying here because um, she owns the house. Uh-huh. And... Um, like, you know, we get missionaries. We have two sets of missionaries in our ward. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that is a different and experience from Utah, for sure. Exactly. And, you know, we've gotten to be good, you know, get they're like our little sons, because uh-huh. <laughs> we're almost old enough to be their mothers. Sure. <laughs> That's fun. But, but you know, it's kind of, you know, we take care of the missionaries, we take care of uh, different people, and, and who knows what else the Lord has in store for me here, so... Well, that's a, that's a good attitude to have about it. Um, coming up, we're still yeah. going to do articles of news. We'll do that in the second half. But I want to take a quick second and uh, address something that happened a little over a week ago now uh, for the Cultural Hall. I had teased that I was going to do an episode um, with one of the hashtag Desnat folks. Uh, I won't go yeah. too into, into too much about uh, what it is. It's essentially a group of, of um, they in their definition, of like-minded people who uh, live the gospel unapologetically. Um, I interviewed a guy by the name of Dustin. Um, and when I posted that I was going to do that interview, I had several people who were like, these are, these are folks that you should not talk to. Um, you know, they have harassed uh, uh, apparently a, a fairly prominent LDS blog um, site online. Mm-hmm. They have been, um, and I say they, but they're members or people who uh, align themselves with Desnat perhaps have been the folks that did that. So uh, mm-hmm. I did I did the interview, and uh, and here is what I will say about that. A couple of things. One, 
Um, I owe everyone an apology because as I went into the interview, I uh, was not as prepared as I should have been. It was for me, as I posted the post on uh, our social media saying that I was going to interview them, I should have done more research into the stigma around them and, um, and really found out what I was getting myself into. Um, I think yeah. for me... I feel safe to be able to just be a curious mind to try and investigate these things. Uh, and so sometimes I use the guise of the cultural hall to kind of suss those things out. Uh, and I, so so first and foremost, I was not as prepared for that interview as I should have been. Secondarily, uh, I am thankful for the time that I was able to ask the questions. Uh, that episode will not be published Um that will not be an available thing for people that are uh, in uh, our Patreon group or anything like that. That will not be something that's made available. And that that leads me to the third point. And I wanted to share this here rather than on um, the Facebook page because this is for people who actually listen to the Cultural Hall. There were a lot of people yeah. who had lots of opinions about it. But I want to say this. Uh, I had a little bit of consternation going into the interview. I didn't know if I was going to post it or not post it or whatever. And as it turns out, and I swear to you that this is uh, 100% true, and I can show you the picture of the file, etc., uh, in the 300 and now 25 episodes that I have recorded of the Cultural Hall, I have only had technical difficulties two times. One time was, I think, episode six that we did with Dustin Harding, uh, a guy who played um, the Prophet Joseph Smith in a, an LDS Film Festival film. And the interview that I did with the folks from Desnet, it didn't record. It didn't record the first, I think, hour and they only recorded the last, I want to say, 21 minutes. And so I felt it yeah. to be super irresponsible to share the final part of an interview without having any context. Um, and so I just opted to not share the episode at all. Um, and then since that time, having an opportunity to talk with a few people that I respect a great deal, respect their opinion, respect their outlook, and be able to talk about some of the things I discussed – uh, I feel um, better about my decision to not post it, which is not to say that Dustin, um, the person that uh, I interviewed, didn't answer my questions or that we fought or any of those other things that you may uh, may think or suggest. I won't even speak to those things. It's just I couldn't post a thing that I didn't have and didn't want to be irresponsibly posting the last little bit. So there's that. That makes sense. Um, secondarily, if anyone is, uh, thinking about going on our, um, our big church history tour that we're doing with the folks over at Kimura Tours, you can go to KimuraTours.org. Um, here's the deal. Uh, let me make sure that it's .org. Is it .org or is it .com? I always go back and forth in my mind. .org, .com. Org, com. I'm looking it up. Hang on one second. KimuraTours.org. Oh, come on. KimuraTours.org. Yeah, I should have trusted my instincts. KimuraTours.org. Um, you need to buy into that because there is sort of a a, uh, a make or break as far as that tour goes. We have to have a certain amount sold into that. It's $2,400 a person. It's based on double occupancy. It flies out of Salt Lake. It's the last week of September, first part of October. You can find the, the complete itinerary at KimuraTours.org. And um, and uh, look into it. It's going to be great. If uh, if it ends up happening, I am likely going to go with my dad. 
So that will be an opportunity for you to spend time with me and my dad as we pal around at church history sites. Maybe my girlfriend might come. That It depends. There's a whole lot of things. But you, that is you, Robin, or you, anyone else, yes. collective you, should make the decision to uh, to check it out, look into it. They have do a bunch of tours throughout the year. It'd be a great fall time to check it out at KimuraTours.org. I had it right the first time. Let's uh, let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll do actual articles of news. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and Internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Dan the Laptop Man here, and it's time for another PC Laptop's Bedtime Story. Once upon a time, Brian was looking for a new computer. He searched far and wide from north to south, and even took his quest online. But he had yet to find the PC of his dreams, and was feeling sad. If only I could find the perfect computer with a lifetime warranty to match, he thought to himself. But then Brian stumbled upon a magical store with a friendly staff and a selection galore. Inside, he knew he had found what he'd been searching for all along, a blazing fast PC with a lifetime warranty his heart had desired. Brian returned home, his new PC laptop's desktop in tow. And should it come time to upgrade, Brian knows where to go. PC Laptops, where we really do love Brian and you. PCLaptops.com I want to take a quick second and talk to you about Best DJ in Utah, now in its second year. Last year, I went to Washington, to Roche Harbor, and did a gorgeous wedding. This year, I'm slated to go to Moab, to go to Denver to do weddings. And guys, it couldn't be going any better. Thanks, in large part, to folks like yourself, people who are listening to this and say, you know what, I need a wedding or a mobile DJ for something, and then reach out to me. You can go to bestdjinutah.com. You can find me on all the social medias, at Richie T. Stedman, or you can certainly just send me an email richie r-i-c-h-i-e-t as in tough guy stedman s-t-e-a-d-m-a-n at gmail.com i would love to see what i could do to make your event that much better whether it's a party or the biggest day of your life you need the best dj in utah and like i said it doesn't have to be in utah it can just be the best dj in utah i don't know now we start to get into like the technical things it's bestdjinutah.com the Cultural Hall wants you to help Utah Food Bank fight hunger statewide. Through your donations of food, time, or money, Utah Food Bank is able to distribute over 31 million meals annually to Utahns facing hunger. Even a $1 donation can be turned into $7.35 of goods and services. One in five children in Utah could go to bed hungry tonight, and 423,000 Utahns are unsure where their next meal will come from. By donating food at your local pantry or by visiting utahfoodbank.org, you can make a difference. It's time for the second half of Articles of News, wherein we do actual articles of news. Hit it, Peter. You can't lose articles of news. Uh, all right, here. So here we go. 
uh, with this. This is a follow-up story that we covered a while back. The Utah teen accused of attacking an elderly woman who was practicing the organ alone in a locked chapel has never been in trouble with the law before, but he could face serious penalties after prosecutors filed a petition in juvenile court accusing him of aggravated burglary, aggravated assault, and criminal mischief. The 17-year-old boy was charged earlier this month with the crimes. Yeah, yikes is right. Uh, Though the charging documents were initially private after the teen's defense attorney requested the entire case to be kept secret. Attorneys representing the Utah media argued against that Friday morning, saying a blanket closure was inappropriate and that juvenile courtrooms are presumed to be open if the youth is over the age of 14. So here's the deal. Uh, The documents released say that the youth broke in the window of the Centerville Church, assaulted the 71-year-old woman practicing the organ. They found blood on the windowsill underneath a broken window and eventually used, are you ready for this? a genealogy yeah. site to trace the DNA found at the crime scene back to the youth. Oh, so, yeah. so likely uh, he had done one of those Ancestry or, you know, 23andMe websites, uh, w- you know, with his DNA, and they were able to track the blood back to that person. It's not clear. Well, actually. Oh, go ahead. Actually, there's a girl that I um, work with. She actually doesn't want to do her DNA test because of this. Because if you get... an a similar match, like even if his dad did it, uh-huh. it'd be close enough of a match that they could find him. And so she doesn't want to do that because she's like, I don't want any of my family to be convicted of a crime. <laughs> and I'm just like, well, if they did the crime. Yeah, yeah. You do the crime, you do the time. But she's like, no, 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 no. They're out to get you. They're out to get you. Little yeah, conspiracy. Like, I'm not doing DNA. Yeah, but I th- I thought it was so funny that uh, that's how they were able to track it down. It's not clear if he's going to be tried in a teen court or an adult court, juvenile court, that is. Um, if he moves it to the adult system, he'll face the same penalties, obviously, as if he's an adult. Aggra- aggra- aggravated burglary is a first-degree felony, uh, which yeah. means he could be going up five years to life in prison. So certainly... Uh, an interesting situation that has sort of an interesting connection, right? A tweaky connection back to to the church. What stories do you have? Um, I have that the um, Family Search has is now celebrating their twenty years of being online. So FamilySearch.org, org is that what it is? Yes, yes. FamilySearch.org dot org was launched in um, May twenty twenty fourth, nineteen ninety nine. Wow best year ever um we we both celebrate an anniversary i won't tell what mine is but anyway (laughs) um so that you know they they celebrate that and they're talking about how it's gotten a lot more traction over the years they've gotten millions of new customers and that they are able to put um three billion searchable items wow and yes and seven billion searchable names and 300 million new historical records and images yearly for our, for from archives of world uh, archives worldwide. Wow. And they're expanding and it's free and just like there's just been a lot of great work that has happened over the years, those 20 years and it's grown and progressed. Like they're saying at first you only got like a half an hour before it kicked you off because it would crash and things like that. And now it just can hold so much 
so you, much traffic. You see, kids, back in the day, the internet yeah. didn't even exist. And then when it first existed, <laughs> it was really lousy. And it, was, it had the little bong, bong. Exactly. And then you'd have to wait forever for something to load. And nowadays, kids, you just don't get it. But that's that's pretty it's remarkable. You've got mail. <laughs> it, yeah, you've got mail. Uh, happy birthday, FamilySearch.org. Yes. Uh, I want to share this one. I thought this was kind of an interesting article. This is from the Gettysburg Times, you know, as in Foursquare 20 years ago. The headline yes. of this uh, says, LDS Pastor... Legerberg speaks at June 4th prayer breakfast, to which I automatically went, wait a minute. Uh, and it uh, it refers to the um, bishop of the Gettysburg Ward of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints as pastor. They call him Pastor Peter Legerberg. He's a Salt Lake City native. He studied at BYU before he received his master's in international studies at the U of U. Uh, he... Um, has been involved in the CIA and counterintelligence at the Voice of America, and he happens to be the bishop there. Uh, now he's retired in Gettysburg with his wife, Martha. Uh, it goes on to say, this will be Pastor Peter's, which, you know, as far as I'm concerned, if you're going to be a Bishop Peter, no way, you're a Pastor Peter, so you get the double P. Uh, it's Pastor <laughs> Peter's first opportunity to address the breakfast and says that he'll be speaking about, quote, Weathering the Storms of Doubt. He says, uh, plan to come and share his insights as he presents the gospel and leads the prayers of the people. Uh, if you're anywhere around Gettysburg, uh, you can uh, be a part of that. Starts at 7.45 a.m. And uh, I'm assuming it's a, a breakfast for the entire community because it says there will be coffee and breakfast orders that continue uh, at 8 o'clock as they sing some song that the whole service will likely be done by nine. It's an interdenominational fellowship. So come and check it out with Pastor Peter Legerberg. Uh, we call him Bishop. They call him Pastor. I thought that was kind of fun. Well, I know you love your alliteration, Richie. Yeah, well, it's something about... I know you love your alliteration. You can't just do bishop it has to be pastor i actually adore alliteration if we're gonna if we're gonna I get technical it. i i love language i adore alliterations oh, okay. <laughs> what story yeah. do you have um so there is a cup i can't remember which couple it was because i forgot to get that part but they talked about a list i have a list uh-huh seven or sorry seven i can read ten blessings promised to latter-day saints that they participate in temple work okay Blessings. Okay, let's see. Blessings I'll receive if I uh, if I participate in temple work. Okay, so uh, yep. one is all um, that I will f feel the spirit more in my life. Something like that. Yes, the greater influence of the Holy Ghost to feel direction in life. Okay. Okay. I will um, be closer connected to um, the either my ancestors or the other side. Um, ability to no longer feel alone. Okay. All right. All right. Love for others, especially family members. Love living and dead. So, yes. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. What else? Um, I will uh, have a greater love and capacity. No, that's kind of like the other one that we just said. I... Um, what? What else? What are the other eight? Okay, these also come from Elder um, Dale G. Redland. Oh, the Quorum of the Twelve. Yes. And so they're they're reusing these 
from him, but it says assist to men troubled, broken, and anxious hearts. Okay. Uh, um, power to discern. Oh, yeah. I should have gone with discernment. I knew it. Increased ability to repent and protection from temptation. Good one. Uh, refine and sanctification of one's heart. Increased family blessings no matter one's current, past, or future family situation or how imperfect one's family tree may be. Okay. Deep and advising conversion to the Savior through increased faith in Him and a better understanding of His atonement. And last but not least, and increased joy through an increased ability to feel the love of the Lord. How often do you go to the temple, Robin? Um, so I, I, okay, when I am a temple worker, I'm awesome. <laughs> yeah. So when you, so you, you I mean, have so a like when, time you... when I make, when I plan, uh-huh. um, when I don't, I time gets by me. And I'm like, oh, I haven't been to the temple for a while. Um, but I'm trying to do better being out here. Um, it's interesting when you move away from the temple, it's easier to go to the temple. Interesting. Funny how that is. Um, and probably because you have to take more time to actually plan it out as opposed to just, oh, it's five minutes away. I can go anytime. Yeah. Um, but it's been a few weeks because the days that I've had off have all been Mondays. Yeah. And so they're closed Mondays. And they, they're not as open here as they are in Utah. Sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, there are very specific hours at temples outside of the Intermountain West, for sure. Yes, and so that also plays a factor in that, too. Yeah, I learned that lesson the hard way. I went to the... uh, I went to the Anchorage Temple and had hoped to do a session, and I was like, oh, I'll just pop into the Anchorage. Oh, you know what? Yeah. I should have thought. That probably isn't how this works. You actually can go onto LDS Tools app, and, they, and under temples, they'll tell you all the information. Which I think but leads hey, which leads <laughs> pretty well to the one of the other stories you had. It does. My next story. And it talks about, uh, they kind of lead in, it says, can we tell you a secret? Because normally, if we share a secret, we would ask you not to tell anyone. But in this case, we're going to do just the opposite. Please tell our secret to everyone you can. So I'm doing it on the cultural hall. Oh, so this isn't a secret at all. Yes. But it says um, that it, there's an app, or in the, in the Gospel Library app, under um, the topics and gospel topics, you can find um, a little story. Uh, they they have stories that you can go through depending on topic, and especially with your lesson or whatever, or you just want an uplifting story, you can go in there and find the stories. Let's see. So you go yeah, into the gospel library. Where, yeah, you go into the gospel library, and it's gospel topic tab in the gospel library. Okay. Um, so, so the next time you need this. Uh, I'm looking right now. I've got gospel topics, and then I got guide to the scriptures, topical guide, Bible dictionary, gospel principles, gospel topics, essays, and church history topics. Am I missing something? Uh Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Is is it up to date? (laughs) Oh, maybe I haven't updated my app yet. No! I have, okay. If not, we'll let you know exactly where it is. You know what is interesting Uh that I, so I've sort of poked around a little bit here in the, uh, in the uh, stuff that you find on the library app. Have you ever just poked around in church? Um, yeah, I've poked around some of the stuff. So it's interesting. I mean, you have like all your, your different manuals, like primary and young women and elders quorum and, you know, that kind of stuff. But like, uh, I think is it other, under other resources. Yeah, I thought this was interesting. So it has the, 
the uh, Relief Society, the Latter Latter Day Saint Woman, Part A and Part B, the duties and honors of the or and blessings of the priesthood. You can find that mm-hmm. online online as well. But there is is there other there's so many um, different things that you can do. There's one like it's the words of women from the pulpit, a whole section oh, on so different on different topics from. Uh, that have been spoken from the pulpit by women. Isn't that the the book from, or are they doing the same um, concept of, I don't know her name, women at church, Brene Brown, not Brene Brown. (laughs) Yeah, it's not Brene Brown. I don't remember her name. Yeah, the book is At the Pulpit. It's 185 Years of Discourses by Latter-day Saint Women. That's there. It's Jennifer Reeder and Kate Holbrook, the two... uh, to uh, historians of the church. Nyland McBain. Nyland McBain, that's nope. her name. Nope, different, different oh. than the book written by Nyland McBain. But then oh, also, yeah. there's uh, global histories of the church. This is all under, sorry, we just got nerdy. This is under the church history okay. tab. So it's the picture of the prophet Joseph Smith. But like, um, you can get the first 50 years of the Relief Society. You can get the Gospel Topics Essays. You can get global histories. So say like you want to know the history of the church in the Czech Republic, for example. Uh, You can go in and you can read about the opening of the mission in Czechoslovakia and find out that it was in February of uh, February 27th of 1884 um, that that was first started. Or you can also read stories of faith like um, this is a story about Christian yoga. I have not read it, but it's a story about members of the church in Czechoslovakia in 1939. And so there's a faith-building thing. There's other things. Like, give me another country in the world. Oh, man. Um, Ghana. Ghana. All right. So we go down to the G's. There it is, Ghana. So you can find the history of the church in Ghana. Quickly, uh, Latter-day Saints in Ghana have exemplified the patience of the saints. In the 1960s, several Ghanaians read the Book of Mormon, gained testimonies, and began to church petition church leaders to organize branches. So uh, then it goes into the talking about the revelation extending priesthood to all worthy men in 1978, and then goes over what it was like in the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s when the Accra Ghana Temple was dedicated in 2004. It also has quick updated facts like uh, what's the official name? It's the Republic of Ghana. What's the capital? Accra or Accra. Uh, it okay. has a list of um, what area in the church it is. It's the Africa West area. Um, how many missions are in that particular country? And it has this for a bunch of different countries. Plus, it also, say you wanted to find um, a story of faith from Ghana. They have one that's yeah. called uh, The Freeze. And I have no idea what that's about. Uh, you know, but I'll read you a little bit about it since we went this far down. Uh, June 14th, 1989, Ghana's government suspended all church activities and public meetings. This ban came to be known as the freeze. It had been imposed due to misunderstandings and misinformation. So then you can read all about how uh, how that took place and how that was lifted in the country of Ghana. It's pretty cool. That and there's like there is so much uh, on this app that we don't yeah. use or that we're just completely unaware of that, you know, take a second. Oh, yeah. Well, and as, as we talked about, like, changing the the um, Angel Moroni. Uh-huh, to a Lego? Yeah. Mine can't do it. My friends can. For some reason, I just either can't go fast enough, but she tried doing it too, but mine won't, won't ever change. 
but hers does. Well, and you should let her know that once she updates her app, she won't be able to change the uh, the Moroni on her app on uh, I- on iOS, I think, right? You're, you won't be yeah. able to do that anymore. They've updated it, so you can't do that anymore. I think it was a fun little hack <laughs> for some folks to see if they could do it. And then the church quickly went, yeah, who did this? Yeah, it's like, what? How, why have we done this? This is an interesting story. If you're in Idaho, uh, the Iona Historical Society, uh, they closed the museum there for six months. And now uh, the Iona Historical Museum is reopened. It's a small town. Uh, The building is as historical as many of the items that are there on display. It was first built in 1895, and it was a tithing house and church office for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Uh, The Iona Historical Society purchased the building in 2010 and then opened the museum on the weekends in the 2015. Um, One of the displays of which writing, who is in charge of this entire museum, is most proud is uh, a series of sculptures that commemorates the wagon box prophecy that was made in 1884 by Wilford Woodruff. Um, He stood on top of a wagon while speaking to other settlers from the church and predicted that the Snake River Valley would become a thriving community. So that's what the wagon box prophecy is, and there's some statues there. It's just a little small town thing, but if you find yourself traveling in the Intermountain West and 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 see the street or the uh, the road sign that says Iona, you should say, well, let's stop for a second. Talk to Mr. Writing himself and ask him about the wagon box prophecy sculptures there. So, Oh, it's actually Mrs. Well, Writing. I'm sorry, Arlene, not Mr. Writing. You also know that there's a Mormon row up in the Pecans, don't you? Uh, uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints row, is that what you mean? Sure. So back then, <laughs> they were Mormon, so. But back then, yeah, I had heard that, but I've never been. It's it's the old. There's two old barns, and um, they're still standing, and that's where some, the first settlers or some of the settlers that were LDS settled, and um, they're yeah they're still standing, and it's called War Monroe. I was really shocked when I went there for the first time. I found that out. I'm like, what? <laughs> Wait, what? 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 Uh, how many yeah. more? How many more stories do you have? Um, I have like three, I think. Okay. Yeah, three. All right, hit me with one of them. Okay, so Elder or President Ballard um, just visited India for the first time um, in his life. He says that he's been touring, like the the, the church has um, over one hundred and forty different countries that they're upon, and he's been a representative of Jesus Christ for the church for forty three years, and this. And this is the first time he's been able to go to India. And he says, how have I missed coming? Like, I'm thrilled to be here. You are stunning. And he addressed um, a group of 700 church members and friends in the um, Hyatt Regency in New Delhi, India. Um, He was there with President Dean M. Davies of the Presiding Bishopric and Elder Robert C. Gay of the Presidency of the Presidency of the 70s and President David S. Evans of the Asia Area Presidency and their wives. And they did visited a few different places, and he spoke to the people and and t- reminded them that the temple, uh, pre- or P- Bishop Davies reminded them the temple was coming to their area to prepare for it, that they were hoping to have a site to announce with, by the end of the year. Um, but they also... Yeah, there's many different people, and people got to say how they 
met the, the apostle for the first time in their life, and they mm-hmm. never thought that that would happen. He also shares, oh, President Ballard is also 91 years old. I didn't realize that. Yeah, it says um, he lost his wife of 67 years last October, mm. um, and he says, It's possible for me to carry on this ministry with enthusiasm and with love because I know that's where Barbara is. Mm. I know she's alive, and she is waiting in that great world of the spirits of the dead. I know that this period of, of ugh, this period of time of mortality is such a small moment, and in the great eternal destiny of M. Russell Ballard, and I want to do all I can while I am here to share and help everyone else to know, to feel, and to understand what I know, feel, and understand is is to be true. And then he's like, he told them, keep it simple. Like, yeah. don't let it get complex. Do simple things every day. Just live the basic, simple concepts of the church. That's his message. That's a cool message, and it's interesting to note that, you know, he's probably been traveling uh, with and for the church for so many years, and to have had him yeah. never be there before, that's that's pretty fascinating. Yeah, 43, 43 years he's been doing this and hadn't been able to get to India. Huh. And, but what a great opportunity for the saints in India to be able to meet him. Uh, this oh, yeah. this story comes from San Jose, California. There was an Yay! all— That's my mission, this, there, you may know this guy then, uh, Victor Maybe. Victor Bertagna. Does that sound familiar to you? No. He uh, was uh, a hiker. He went to um, uh, a breakfast with fellow LDS church members at Alum Rock Park. Do you know where that is? No. It might be in a different part of San Jose that I, that I served. Uh, he remembered this hike from when he was a kid, and he wanted to take the trail and see a waterfall. So Victor... Uh, Carl and their friend David Hurtado went for a walk that took them off the trail. Hurtado said that he and Victor fell behind and wandered onto private property looking for help from some homeowners. They thought that we were trespassing, said Hurtado. Uh, Hurtado said that he felt threatened by the man he spoke to, who said, you got to get off the property or I'm going to get a gun. Hurtado never saw, actually saw a gun, but got scared and ran. He says he ran out of the way, and that's when me and Victor got separated, and I lost him. Hurtado made it down out of the woods, but couldn't find Victor and reported him missing. Four hours later, Bertagna was spotted on home security f- footage in a San Jose neighborhood about five miles from his original hiking location. Rescue qu- crews quickly found Bertagna and whisked him away to the hospital. He looked sweaty and exhausted in the back of the ambulance but was healthy enough to give a quick salute to the cameras. He says, we're glad we're both okay. Uh, and and this is a quick reminder for everyone, whether you're going hiking after a uh, church breakfast or just enjoying the great outdoors, make sure that you have a hiking partner, bring water, food, and supplies. And be careful in San Jose Mountains if you're there, because there's a lot of hillbillies up there who like to traffic things, and you could get killed. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You don't know from experience, San, I hope. San Jose, uh, not from experience. I think it's the Santa Cruz Mountains out there. The elders told us because they thought they had some interesting, like not run-ins, but people told them things. Be careful while they're up there because <laughs> that was their area. So, I I love how uh, I love how uh, those stories, whether they're true or not, get passed around missions. Though you know what I've heard. You know what I've heard, Robin. Well, I've heard that. That one I, 
I never know. People are crazy. No, yeah, you do never know, but I just I do love that. Well, I heard that Elder Johnson. No, no, not Elder Johnson. Oh yeah, Elder Johnson. The serve back in. Oh yeah, yeah. I heard that one time he was tracting, you know, that kind of stuff. And then yeah. the outlandish outcome. Give me another news story, Robin. Okay. So this couple go from the CIA to church services, senior missionaries in Texas. Okay. That seems like a, a big leap from being in the CIA to then going to a to be a missionary in Texas. Yeah, so they were world traveling career for the CIA administrative employees. So it's not like they were like they weren't spies oh. but they you had were you had to crush people. my hopes. They could I have know, been spies. I no, that's fine. It's fine. It's that. fine. It's fine. It's whatever. But they've been they've been all over the world. They've done you know, done all these different things. They actually um and she served a mission in Toronto, Canada, and he served in Costa Rica, Panama missions. So they're thinking maybe they'll go somewhere exotic, uh-huh. um, doing some humanitarian assignment. And Texas. They get called to Houston, Texas. <laughs> Great. But then they get there and they find out how unique it is that there's people from all over the world. So they didn't have to go all over the world to find people. All of the people were there in Texas. And then it was... Hurricane Harvey struck pretty soon after they got there, and um, they were able to use their skills that they learned in the CIA and just their personal talents, and they were able to organize humanitarian things. They were able to help a lot of families, take care, you know, take care of them, and do all of this stuff. That they they were um, very instrumental and were helpful in assisting a lot of people, and they were recognized for their good work by United Way and helped with a lot of that and were able to go on the radio program to, you know, explain the things that they did and be able to share um, their testimonies on this radio station and were honored by a company called, or an organization called Spread of Life Hmm. uh, that does disaster relief and things like that. So they... And, you know, they also got put on, or the Bread of Life partnered with Just Serve. That's always a good a good thing to do. Yeah. You can do Just Serve. Yeah, justserve.org uh, is a list of uh, all sorts of service opportunities and wherever you live. Yeah. Yep. We have a lot of billion um, find-a-grave ones out here for Just Serve. Cool. But, um, but, yeah, so they've been doing a lot more in their mission than they originally thought they would. That's cool. I'm going to hit just a yeah. couple of quick stories. Uh, when I say the name Vaisikahema, does that name sound familiar to you? Yes. He was... Isn't he the coach at BYU? Nope. That is Kalani Sataki, but good. Good for you. But I, football, football. Yep. He is, yeah, he is football. He uh, was recently called as an Area 70 for the church, uh, but when he was a boy, he crossed the ocean in an open boat with his family. He was a Golden Gloves boxer, which is you know, it means you're a really good boxer. He yeah. was a student in the United States who learned English on the fly by watching TV. He was a football player at BYU and the first Tongan football player in the NFL. He was also a yeah. sportscaster in a major TV market and then a news anchor as well. His life has been one story oh, after yeah. another about doing difficult things. And when he was called to be a an area 70 he was like ah, I, I, I don't know i don't know that i can do this um he has uh he he had doubts about himself because he feels like many leaders in the church have mbas and ivy league uh educations and he just was like 
Well, well, uh, I certainly didn't ask for this calling. Nobody volunteers, yeah. he says. It's like a full-time job that you do on the side and on the weekends. He says nobody yeah. turns down callings, though, when priesthood leaders issue them. You figure out how you're going to do it and budget time and find soft spots in your schedule. So I know that for um, the Polynesian community, specifically the Tongan community, it's a, a an amazing thing to have such a great leader um, not only within the church, but to represent that portion of now a worldwide church. So uh, it'll be fun to see if he he comes and he's able to speak at um, you know general conference. If we'll hear from him in the future, um, his new yeah. role he's going to oversee twenty stakes from Philadelphia to Pittsburgh, um, and he's continuing to hold down his job as a news anchor in Philadelphia. So. He wakes every morning at 3.30. He's out the door by 4 o'clock. He anchors from 5.30 to 7, goes to the gym, then does a midday show from 11 to noon. And then it's just <laughs> unreal, the schedule that he keeps. But like you said, you well, know. But the faith also, you know, they just like a lot of um, people from the islands just have this amazing faith, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. And so, you know, just, yeah. Some God, unreal faith, so. God calls and you do he, it. He may not have he may not have like the degrees, but I'm you know he probably has more faith than he he knows. Yeah, that could be more of a blessing to people. Um, President Nelson wrapped up his uh, his uh, world tour in the uh, Pacific. Um, oh. he, he uh, is back home now, as I understand it, in the state of Utah. Um, and I'm sure that they'll announce that he's going somewhere else again. It was interesting. Take There's an breather. article. Yeah, taking taking a quick nap. Probably not, actually. Taking some vitamin pills. Maybe, uh, Maybe he does. <laughs> That's what keeps him going. Uh, he, uh, he told the people of Tahiti to beware porn, drugs, and Satan's trap. And I, as I understand it, he shared that same message in a couple of different um opportunities as he was traveling both in Tonga, uh, there in Tahiti, um, when he was in, um, when he was in, why can't I think of what Christ Church is in New Zealand. There we go. Uh, he got to meet with Jacinda Ardern, who is a former member, uh, of the Church yeah. of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. She left the church over LGBT, um, issues where she didn't agree with the church, probably some other things as well. Um, but she, uh, she is the leader of the country. She has, while she's been in office as the prime minister, she had a child. Uh, he yeah. made he made a comment that people will be surprised at uh, at this amazing leader, or that you know that someone to paraphrase that someone um, like her was able to, is able to be the prime minister. And a lot of people took offense, saying, "Oh, what? Because she's yeah. a young woman, and you know all these things." She's a young mother. It yeah, a young mother. And I and I think the situation, uh, at least how I interpret it, was really just like she is uh, a woman who had a baby while in office, and she is the leader of the country. Sh- show me other point to me in either industry or of countries of other young women who have done that. And I think it was a tremendous compliment, but of course the internet got a grasp of it and said, oh, well, of course he would say something like that. And it's like, no, no, tell me where this happens again. Show, point to me where this has happened somewhere else that a leader of a country. I would assume his tone is more of, and part of it is tone is also lost in text. 
but his tone probably would have been something in awe or like, wow, you go girls. Yeah. Not in those words, but it's like, <laughs> whoa, you're like ha- having, being pregnant, running a country, having a baby. Right. When, oh, like, when do you sleep? I would love it if the prophet did say, you go girl, though, to your point. He could. You yeah. never know. <laughs> yeah. No, he could. I just would love it if he would be like, brothers and sisters, thank you for uh, joining me here at uh, General Conference. And then President Bingham speaks and then he, you know, he gets back up after and he goes, you go, girl. I'd love that. I would love every bit of that. Uh, let me share. Could have been tone, you never know. Yeah. Tone of you go, girl. Yeah. Uh, you've just got the one more story left, right? Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. So okay. let me get to a couple more and then we'll get, we'll have that be the last story. If you watched um, 90 Day Fiance, the first season, yeah. I know we talked about it here in the uh, cultural hall. There was uh, um, an LDS couple who were featured in the first season. Alan was his name, and Curlium, mm-hmm. Curlium uh, were the, uh, was the woman's name. He served yeah. his mission down in uh, Brazil. He met her family uh, while he was serving, so presumably 19 or 20 years old. She mm-hmm. was 11 or 12. Um, oh, okay. They they didn't you know they didn't date or anything like that. Well, she was of a young Hopefully age, not. but then but then later, he um, tried to connect with her when he was, you know, twenty eight, twenty nine, and she was uh-huh. uh, of legal age at that point. They are still married, and they oh, have and they have a son, and his name is Liam because everybody's son nowadays is named Liam. But they look great. They yeah. look happy. They have a YouTube channel that you can check out. Um, well, and, it's good it wor- if it works. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, however, you have to do it is what I say. Um, but there yeah. definitely was a lot of um, there definitely was a lot of uh, speculation as to if he was being inappropriate when he was there serving, or you know, if there's anything like that. Um, he says that. Uh, from this video that you can see a link at the culturalhall.com. He says, we didn't have anything when we first met and for like six years after we met. So don't believe everything that you read on the internet. If you want to know the truth, just ask us. And so it's a, it's a pretty sweet little couple and how, however they have to meet, right? If, it's, yeah. if you're meeting while you're serving on a mission, whatever. And they of course uh, share this story because 90 day fiance back on the, on uh, the television. And as I understand it, there is not an LDS couple this season. Not that I watch what? it because I would deny it. You I'm asked amazed me. that they don't have an LDS couple on it's, there. It seems like they always do, right? Uh, this well, because most of them get engaged within or the 90 day thing. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, there, there's also uh, oh, there's bunches of terrible shows. Um, Memorial Day. This was interesting. We shared this. If you're following us on Facebook, uh, Memorial Day brought the opportunity to remember one of the first men to enter the Salt Lake Valley with the Mormon pioneers. Uh, Hark. Lay Wales is the person's name. He's a former slave, and he was laid to rest in the Union Pioneer Cemetery. It's located on Creek Road in Utah, uh, which is about Sandy area. Uh, Until Monday, he was buried in an unmarked grave. Alice Birch of the Utah chapter of the Afro-American Historical and Genealogical Society said that he's gone unremembered for far too long. And now we need to recognize him. Birch helped to recognize the event to remember Wales, who was born into slavery in Mississippi in 1824 and then given his property to a couple who brought him along as they moved west. Here 
is somebody that came in the Valley with Brigham Young that didn't have a headstone. We can't know all of his contributions or all of his sacrifices, but he certainly deserves to be remembered with a marker, said Sherry Orton, a professional genealogist. Uh, So they, uh, they marked his stone now with a, with a gravestone. It's right off Creek Road there in Sandy, if you want to come and check it out. Um, and there's a great link. Okay, cool. There's a great link in this article. This is from KSL.com, but you can find it at theculturalhall.com um, about several efforts to help remember Utah's forgotten black pioneers. You remember when we talked to Mally Bonner a while back about Green Flake? Yeah. Uh, that's mm-hmm. another individual, Harkley Wales, and also another um, by, the gen- uh, by the name of Oscar Crosby. So who are these people? Uh, you need to you need to look into it, and, and we need to know that history, those histories of the church. Final news story for me, and then I'm going to let you take the last one, is uh, okay. the LDS Church, that is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, is going to okay. demolish five buildings at the Provo MTC and replace it with a plaza garden, statuary, and quiet study places. So when you served, they didn't have the new buildings down at the MTC in Provo, correct? I don't think so. It was... 2002. Yeah, you know, so then, so in the last decade, they have built uh, some brand new, glorious, uh, both study buildings and buildings to live in. And uh, there yeah. are some inner buildings, kind of like an inner sanctuary. No windows. It's for the time. There's probably some heating and some air conditioning issues as well. They're going to just knock those suckers out and, uh, and make it a little bit more cohesive, um, make it a little bit more... Um, Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, open for people to be able to study. One of the things that drove me nuts, and ask, I'll ask you this: Did it drive you crazy that you could never see the uh, sky in the MTC? Um, I don't remember it be, doing that because we did get to go out and like be on the fill the fields. Uh-huh. I was in the summer. Right. I don't know what time of year you were there. Yeah. I it was like I was right in the middle of July, mm-hmm. so it wasn't like I wanted to go outside. <laughs> Yeah, I was but, I was also there in the summer, but they have those roofs over the walkways and then they have roofs over like the entrances of buildings. And for whatever reason, it just seemed like unless we were able to be out playing on the field or doing, you know, any of the, those types of things, it felt like I was also always just kind of being suffocated by buildings. So I think this will be yeah. a, a, a great opportunity for those that are serving hey. down there to have a, a nice, quiet, outdoor place to study. Yeah. I think they should, like, even do meditation. Yeah. Have people come and teach them to do meditation. And you're volunteering, um, so when you, really mo- when you move back here, I think you need to do it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I have to learn how to do it ex- better for myself. Sure, <laughs> sure. But come back but and I do mean, it. I mean, that could be a good little, good little thing for them to just unwind from yeah. the study and the stress of... Because it's... Like, I was only there for three weeks, and I don't know how long you were there. Three, maybe four weeks, I can't remember exactly... But, I mean, that just feels like such a short time. Like, it feels long, like, the first week. So then that last few weeks just kind of rushed by, and then you're like, I'm in the mission. Yeah. Yeah, I was only there for, I think, two and a half weeks or something like that. Pretty quick. Yeah, so it's just like learning how to kind of relax because you're doing all these role plays and doing all this stuff, and you just feel a little bit like I felt – this is what I felt mostly. Like, I was getting so much information, Mm -hmm. like drinking from a fire hydrant. Yeah. Yeah. 
and it's just like, okay, well, I'm getting a little bit in my mouth, but there's a lot that's just whizzing past me here. I need to oh, yeah. give me a chance to swallow and, and, and understand this and comprehend it and move along. Uh, we don't have much. We don't have much time. Let's hit that last story and then wrap this thing up. Okay. So this last one is it's called the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints Position to Provide Something Real, and this is actually written um, for communities in the South. And it says um, one of the bishops it says two months in Bishop Vaughn um, Faulkner is certain that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints will flourish in the Mid South, especially in Memphis. I received a revelation from God that our church is the fulfillment of Dr. Martin Luther King's dream, said Faulkner, now one of two African Americans heading the church's congregations in Memphis. Um, they also go on to say that um, our, denom- the den- our denomination um, asserts a steady rise in membership numbers throughout the Mid-South, particularly among African Americans. Much of the growth is attributed to out, outreach to address the needs of the poor, according to, to Bishop Faulkner. Hmm. And they're saying that uh, of the way our church is set up, that people are looking for something real. They're looking, they're, you know, with our lay ministry and pastors and service workers, and that we're not paid. A lot of people are seeing their pastors being paid all this money, and that they're living good, but then the the people are riding buses and bikes, and they're not really being able to progress in hmm. their life. Um, but our church ha- offers, you know, welfare, and we offer helping hands. And sometimes our wards are able to, depending on the skills in the wards, they're able to come together and help somebody in the ward who's struggling. Um, and there's also learning opportunities now. Uh, and a lot of different opportunities for those who are in need. And so they're, they're, think, they're feeling that that's part of the reason in the South specifically that things are going to get, we're going to have a shift and a rise in, in more of African-Americans and more African um, members of our church, that our church is going to be changing. Interesting. Um, and also the fact that when they do the new member um Sign up that they're not asking for their. Ethnicity. They're not asking for their ethnicity. Is that what you said? That they, they don't. They they don't say what ethnicity are you. That's not a question. That's Good. It's like, yeah. That is not and a so question they, that should ever be asked. No, 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 no. But 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 maybe in other churches it is. Sure. That's what. And so that's one thing that they're they're like that's not that's that shouldn't be a part of our church and and as far as like that. We're not asking that, but they're saying in some areas they're seeing a 85% new members. Wow. And, and it's like 10 to 15. Wow. But yeah. That's pretty remarkable. It's like a... The continent of Africa is the fastest growing in the world, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we'll, as we kind of work our way towards next general conference, there's a couple of statisticians that I'd like to get in the cultural hall and talk about some of that worldwide growth. So hopefully we can do something like that. Uh, throughout the summer and then as we work towards the fall conference. Um, that's going to be it for us. I hope this episode has nourished and strengthened your body. I hope that if you weren't well to listen next this week, they can listen next week. And that when the time comes, you'll be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, we'll be saving a seat for you. On the back row. Of, of the, the cultural hall. Save me a seat. It's sure to be neat. On the back row. We really got to go on the cultural hall show.